Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. In this episode, we're going to be talking about sexual trauma and sexual abuse and healing from it as a survivor. And so just wanted to kind of flag that for y'all in case you might want to skip this episode or feel comfortable kind of speeding through any parts. Um, And I will also make sure that we share resources on our Tigris page in case you have any questions or want to learn more. Um, But with that, enjoy the episode. Okay, y'all, today we're talking about masturbation, which, as you know, is something that I'm not super personally familiar with because I still don't really make myself orgasm, so I don't masturbate. Um, sometimes it feels good. I mean, as my sister's sitting next to me kind of freaking out because she's not that, but... Flicking the bean. Flicking the bean, as we might call it. Um, Fondling the foo-foo. <laughs> we, nobody calls it that. Picking up Pikachu. Okay, so uh, anyways, as you can probably tell, I'm not alone here. I'm here with my sister, Amea Okamoto, who is an incredible, incredible woman and is uh, currently based in Chicago and is at art school right now. Mm -hmm. And she's staying with me for the next couple of weeks. And so um, I thought I would take this opportunity to not just have some no phone time with my little sister, but also ask her as um, kind of an expert on sexual pleasure. Yeah, I'm an expert at orgasm. Mean. An expert in making yourself <laughs> orgasm. We all should be. I wanted to ask you a little bit about it because I think it's interesting because you and I went through a lot of similar things. In I some mean, ways. let's preface that learning how you like it is a lifelong journey. Yeah, and very important. And I think that, you know, it's interesting because you and I went through a lot of similar trauma in some yeah. way um, when it comes to our relationship with our bodies. Mm-hmm. And um, I Some think of us are a little less open about it. Yes, you're a little <laughs> bit less open about it. And I think, so. I think at the same time, like you have done so much work through yeah. your own therapy and healing about like body literacy and nourishing your body yeah. and taking care of your body to like more of an extreme than I've ever done. Yeah. And perhaps that's maybe why you're creative masturbating. But also I, I just want to hear about your experience. I've always been a horny motherfucker. You've just been a, a what? <laughs> I've always been a horny motherfucker. Okay, so tell me about it. Since when? Always. You know, like, like the preschoolers who are just like, 
rubbing on pillows. Yeah. That was you. That was <laughs> very much so. you. I would think so. I think I, I feel like I discovered masturbation at like a uh, insanely young age, but I feel like the more people I talk to about it, the more everyone is like, no, 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 that actually seems about pretty standard. I remember, I don't know if you remember this. We used to live in this apartment building and was there was really this really scary basement in an apartment too. that where yeah. we all shared a triple bunk bed. Yeah. It's really yeah. hard, but um, you can make it work. Oh gosh. Okay. But we had a basement uh, where there was laundry. And I remember the first time I talked to you in depth about masturbating. Oh no. We were in the laundry room. I actually room, remember this moment. Right? And I was like, meh, meh, meh. Uh, we were in the laundry room and I was kind of saying, Amea, like, I don't know if I should talk to you about this. And I was maybe what, nine? Yeah. No, no, 10 which or something. Makes me. Eight. You were eight. And I was like, you know, I don't know if you masturbate. I was just really curious. Like, do you have you watched porn? Like, do you know what sex is? And I didn't. I didn't. No. I didn't know porn was free for the longest time. And I remember you being like, "I just use my mind." And like, I that's was like, false. I did not use my mind. What did you use? Like, you you know that app FML? Wait, let me explain my porn journey because I actually got to a point last year where I was like, "I need to write erotica." Okay, wait, no, no, I need to roll back the clock. Okay, so there's this app that was really popular in like the iPod Touch era, like. <laughs> 2006, seven, eight, I'm talking about. It was called Fuck My Life. And basically there are different like categories, like Fuck My Life, like related to pets, related to school. And then there's an NSFW section. And this app, if you remember, was literally people just writing tweets about things that fucked up their life. Like FML, like, like everyone was just like a feed. So it was, it was like, like sad stories. Yes, <laughs> sad stories. It's like, if they're in like the, the teacher section, it's like FML, my teacher just gave me like, all F's and my mom is about to disown me. And then it's like another one, FML. So, but in the NSFW one, it was like, FM, this is so embarrassing. It was like FML, like my boyfriend was fingering me and he didn't make me come. He stuck his thumb up my butthole and like he was fucking me from the back. But it was embarrassing. It was story? a bad story. So and F then that F turned F you FML, on. my mom <laughs> like walked into me when I was like fingering myself. But that, but that turned you on. And I was like, ooh. Wait, this is so funny. It so, doesn't mean that, like, like nowadays that would not fly. But when you are six, seven, maybe not six, when you're like, seven, I guess it's third grade, seven, eight, nine years old, and you just have no idea what sex is like, but you are curious and you're maybe a more than horny child than you should be because you're actually an artist, things turn you on, like FML apps and- But they're failure stories. Yeah, they're failure stories. And also like, also do not tell me that book, It's About You, like the, all, the American yeah. Girl book, where it's like the girls and the, like the towels on the front. It's how I discovered my Yeah, and there's like photo, photos of them like putting tampons in and there's like a photo of like an anatomical dick and you're like, Ooh. Okay, but I You're telling me you were in fourth grade and you weren't like Loki masturbating to no. anatomical photos of dicks. I'm sorry. No, I was like, not. I was not. That's but I was like, I was, yo, I, something is wrong with me. But similarly, I think it's hilarious that it was FML failure sex yeah, stories. It was failure stories. I was not that. I was, yeah. So I remember first starting on um, this website. I don't know if it still exists called like Tumblr. Sexy, tr true, dirty, sexy stories. But it was like, you yeah. could do it by category, like in the bedroom, in a yeah. park, you know? I think that is the thing that was like, for me as a kid. But, I mean, you're talking about tweets about failed I know, but I stories. think what turned me on was like imagining like these real that. people, like having sex, like real people have sex and, and it then, goes wrong. So <laughs> when you masturbated, when you like climaxed, was there something in your mind where you were like, Ooh, that's an orgasm. That's a climax. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
this is and I was not, in the book, but above me you? and Nadia talk about this so much because she's like, I've never had an orgasm, like or like I yeah. don't really know how to orgasm. I thought mine and was broken. I think that it's not. I think I think I don't know. Maybe you're really clinched up or something. No, like now that. I've orgasmed, yeah, okay, but okay. never by myself. See, that is so strange to me. In in like I think because I I'm very versed in vibrators now, which by the way, when you are a high schooler or not like hex bugs. Textbooks? Hex bugs? That, that was my first vibrator. What's a hex bug? A hex bug. You know those little vibrating bugs you Spell get at Target? H E X. And they like vibrate and like run around the circle. You're talking about I use a the bug fucking toy? Yeah, bug toy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I have the craziest horny little kid stories. Well, I mean, we always did joke, you know, yeah. when you were younger, you would end up like sitting on someone's no, knee. No, we, we had a triple bunk bed and you know why I like put up all the blankets around the bottom and why I chose the bottom so so it wouldn't move? Yeah. When you but when you, okay, <laughs> I have a question. When you're 6 or 7 years old masturbating, did you know the word masturbation? No. So I thought, what I was mean, it to you? I mean, everyone knew jacking off, right? Like we went to a, a public school. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or I mean, there were boys like, you know, shoving porn in your face or like doing like this thing like, yeah, like, yeah. pretend like they have a dick in your mouth or they're like oh, may I open your mouth as big as you can and you're like ha, ha, ha. and they're like oh I'm gonna put a dick in it okay so you feel like, <laughs> like you you know like we know what it is but I thought like jacking off was just the yeah general. I think this is really interesting because for me like I went into my first sexual interactions with other people not knowing what I liked or what yeah. it was possible to like and it sounds like you had a very different experience where you kind of knew what you did like. And do I you think, think I did not know what I did like. I think I knew what I, I think I knew what I thought boys wanted me to act like and But you knew what be like, like a orgasm should feel like. <laughs> this is getting really confusing, but yes. Because I didn't. Like for yeah. me, I was really scared of orgasming. I didn't orgasm maybe until a couple years ago. Because for me, I was really scared of what it was going to feel like. I was like, if it yeah. hasn't happened until now, it must be really big and really scary. But I similarly, like, I think in, you know, watching porn, which none of it was ever empowering porn. It was always, like, the easiest did you, thing to find. Did you, was it, like, straight to porn for you? Like, like gross, like, not gross, but, like, aggressive, like, To be honest, porn. I think that for me, I definitely. Like, you didn't have, like, a soft launch with, like, Tumblr. No. Like, hot girls. I think I went. Tumblr, well, and a lot of it was. College girls. <laughs> Hot, no, sexy this, college girls. No, <laughs> this is really something that we did. I was like, my Pinterest was like vanilla. Okay, no. <laughs> but I think that, you know, we went to a middle school where we did go to a middle school. Boys thought it was really funny to put porn on their phones and then yeah. hold you down and make you watch it. Yeah, and yeah, that was funny. That was something. No, that was not funny. <laughs> that was it harassment. Wasn't, it wasn't funny. A man goes, that was funny. No, it wasn't funny. But don't And do they that. would make text you videos to porn and it was always like rape porn or like really awful abusive porn but to me then I started watching it on my own kind of out of curiosity and I think that that's kind of where I started but were you when were you actively masturbating before or after that I think I was actively touching myself because I was curious about it but yeah. I always thought oh this feels so overrated because nothing's really happening like it just feels yeah. kind of like a tickle like I'm not so were you confused about it then I think I watched um, porn and I was like, well, they're really performing, but I don't yeah. feel like that I need to do that. So they must be acting. So that's what sex must be is mm -hmm. acting, you know, and in a really fucked up 
truth of my life was the first person to touch down there was my father. Yeah. And so when I started, you know, having sex, I think that all of the experiences I had until then where I was like, well, my body doesn't climax on its own. If I can't make myself climax, how would anybody else do it? And everything about the interaction with my own genitalia and my body has been like a performance for other people. And from what porn has taught me, it's about a performance to have the male person in that, you know? And I really don't think, I think it honestly- I mean, this conversation has turned into more of like a, this is the, that were my words like this is the harmful impact that pornography as like a video porn hub right shitty porn shitty porn what we're talking about where um yes 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 for everything you've said but at the same time I will not to make it about me but what I see mirrored from your experience is the fact that I had a very different introduction to porn right like I was doing this fml thing and then I got curious about you know this is getting a little boring. What else is out there? And I was nerdy enough that like all I did was read. So the natural progression was to like start downloading erotica books off Amazon because I got a Kindle for Christmas. <laughs> and if you downloaded just you like- You know mom could probably see all your reading No, lists. because if you, if for all those kiddos for out all those there- youngsters out there looking you, for erotica on Kindles. create a new Gmail account, create a new Amazon account, and then download just like the samples of like the erotica anthologies you'll of like 30 stories you'll get the first three stories so if you download like 50 of them you'll, you'll be set for like a couple of days and then I was just reading erotica which is like that is also equally as harmful and I also credit that to my amazing vocabulary around sexuality and hard throbbing oh gosh. <laughs> but sorry but no no don't be but sorry. you know what I mean is like that I think I had a soft launch where as a kid, like, I didn't realize that porn, I mean, like, Pornhub, when you're young, is, like, it feels so wrong and invasive. And violent. And violent because that is, you know, you are not, we, as just women, right, we're not, like, the audience of a lot of porn. Um, but when you're watching, like, when you're, like, reading erotica as, like, a kid, like, yeah, it's freaking violent. And a lot of it is, like, this weird stepfather, like, yeah. stuff, stuff, which kind of is probably foreshadowing for what was going on. But, yeah, but I think you use a lot more of your imagination. And then it's, like, more tuned to your liking. You know, it's not as yeah. violent. So I it, make, it breaks my heart a little bit that your experience was so um, intense at such a young age. Well, and I feel like what's interesting. Because I, I think porn, I think that exploring like porn and stuff like that is really natural for kids yeah well and I think that's I when you talk to people about this it's like yeah everybody was masturbating from you know before they were 10 years old and we never talk about it um but yeah I think I I still haven't you know climaxed on my own and I think that I it's hard for me to keep up hope that I ever will because my mind just seems to like race a lot I'm curious to know from you because I have so many questions like how often do you masturbate? What do you use? Do you still do you still read erotica? Um, do you like I want to know what you think about after, not in a creepy way, but I've always wondered like when my guy friends especially tell me about masturbating, like when it's done, like do you feel happy? Like do you feel Yeah, disgusted numb? with yourself. Do you feel disgusted with yourself? Because yeah. for me, like I think I've only ever experienced kind of feeling like a failure because like I'll try and then it won't really work. And then I'm kind of like, well. Now I'm just depressed and I realize like my body feels broken, yeah. you know? And so I, 
I feel like in a non-creepy way, I'm like, what do you think about after? Is it an empowering thing? Is yeah. it like I'm taking care of myself? Like, what is your current experience with it? So Nadia, as usual, just threw like 50 questions at me. So I don't really know <laughs> which ones to start with. But but I will say like, you know, after you reach the peak. Orgasm. <laughs> after you orgasm when you're masturbating, I think like it's pretty standard, at least for a lot of the people I talk to in general, you're, you're like, what the fuck am I doing with myself? You're like, underwear is at your ankles. You're like on your bed, like, holy fuck. You're like, phone is like falling on your face. You got like <laughs> one hand, like, <laughs> shot into your vagina. <laughs> okay, everyone feels like disgusting and like weird. And So you like, do at the end. Yeah, you feel weird. You're like, what am I doing with my life? Like, that was like an hour. That <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, maybe like it was an hour or 10 minutes or two minutes, depending on how much time you have that you just spent like pleasing yourself. And at, at, But that's sad that at, you feel at, sad. Exactly. So at almost 22 years old now, I think that I'm I am as as I'm still working through those feelings of shame. Um, and I don't I, I honestly don't have a clear answer if those feelings of shame and embarrassment are because I you know, equate masturbation with a dirty, disgusting act that we should avoid and not talk about. Or if it's just like a reaction to like literally fucking yourself, right? There's no definition to having sex. So like if you orgasm and make yourself come, like you are having sex with yourself, right? Like it's kind of weird. But could, I think could that's be weird, also right? something, I don't, really I don't know. know if it's weird, but I think it's really societally conditioned because I recently read the book Pleasure Activism, which yeah. is, I highly recommend. And a lot of it talks about how it, a lot of the shame around masturbation kind of comes from this idea that, you know, pleasure is not for you to give to yourself. It's for you to give to others and for, mm. like, primarily a man to come pleasure yeah. you. Well, by right? the way, I love the definition. I mean, I maybe that's not the one I uh, to subscribe to, but I love the definition of sex that is, like, if you orgasm with yourself or with a partner mm. or multiple partners, right? Yeah. Like, I love that definition because... I think that it, there's something supernatural, empowering, and sexual about orgasming, right? Do you think you had an easier time, like, learning to let go and let yourself be pleasured by other people? Um, mm, it's, I'm, I'm learning. I'm still learning. I think that as an Asian woman, um, as an Asian person, I have, uh, a tendency to, you know, lean into subservient actions and attitudes. And I, um, because that's very much how we're portrayed. Yeah. There's, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure out the, the right way to, to say it, but yeah, like I, I, I'm definitely like for the longest time, I kind of would describe myself as like, Oh, I'm a pleaser. I'm a giver. Like I like giving, I, I like giving. That's not true. Like I'm a total pillow princess. If you don't know what that means, it's, you know, you well, explain yeah. it for the people who might not know what it's a pillow like. You're like is. a princess in the pillows, and you just let everyone do whatever they want to you. So it's more like a, you receive. It's kind of like let me just lay back and like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to like come suck it, like do I have to? Like you know what yeah. I mean? Like um, that is actually how I would honestly describe myself now. For now, right? Yeah, it it's always it's always changing. Yeah, I'm going through a little bit of pillow princess phase, which I think is a direct reaction to being like a pleaser and a giver for so long in my life because that's how I thought I could. And because, I mean, this is such a controversial thing I'm going to say, but because, you know, I was bulimic for so long, I have complete control of my gag reflex 
And like, that's such a dark joke that I throw out with my friends and with boys all the time is like, well, I was bulimic, so I have no gag reflex. Oh God. Right. And it's like, they're like, they don't know how to react to that. Um, but it's true. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. no lies there. Right. Um, so what is your masturbation practice? I don't know. Yeah, what we're do, jumping do I around a lot. Like, is this a daily Self, thing? Self-love practice. Okay. Well, like, yeah, of course. <laughs> is it like multiple times a day? Oh, okay. I want to preface with, I remember being in middle school. I think was Snapchat around in middle school? Yeah. I remember being in middle school and it was like just when Snapchat news was coming out and I saw some like daily mail. I don't know. Like one of those like fact things that was like, if you masturbate this many times in your life, like you will extend your life and you will like live longer. (laughs) You're like, I'm on this. I am so weird. I literally would set an alarm to like 6 a.m. and like masturbate in the morning and then I'd masturbate at night because I was like, I am, I gotta be young because this is like, 14 is too too old to be doing that. I I bet I was in like third grade, right? Like nine or 10. And I was like, this is how I'm going to like, outlive everyone I'm just gonna gonna be coming all the time um no I mean like everyone gets like right like I love the the the, um, tweet that was like if she's like laying next to you and she's wide awake what you thought you did you didn't do right like you should be exhausted after sex I think we should all be exhausted after sex even if it's with yourself so yeah like I masturbate before I go go to bed right it's like masturbation or melatonin which one would you choose trazodone asks, how would you love a chance to save money on your insurance? Of course you would. After all, who wouldn't love a great deal, right? And when it comes to great rates on insurance for all of the things in your life, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners, condo, or renters coverage. You could save even more with a special discount when you bundle your coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And choosing to switch to GEICO becomes an easy choice. Switch to and see all the ways you could save with great rates and discounts. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent and get started seeing how much you could save. This show is part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. I think most of us agree that in a functioning democracy, the winner should be determined by the voters. Well, that almost didn't happen in 2020. Now, extremists are working to intimidate and replace nonpartisan election workers with quote-unquote yes-men who might reject election results. The only thing that will stop them is us. We partnered with the grassroots pro-democracy organization, Represent Us, to give you the tools you need to protect free and fair elections. Learn more and get involved. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that it's it's super interesting because um, my ex used to be like um, when we first started like hooking up and like sleeping together, uh, like literally sleeping. Uh, he was like not as sexual as me. And um, at night he'd always be like, are you too horny to go to bed right now? Because I'd be like wide awake next to him. <laughs> yeah, I'm the And I'd be like, yes, can you just can you just fix the situation? And then we'd go to bed. Yeah, see, I'm, I think I've been the opposite in many ways for, like, years. It really was only maybe, like, two years ago when I was 21, where it was kind of like, I, th- I think I was finally with someone where we had a lot of practice, honestly, and where I feel like I was more comfortable 
um, and also honestly intoxicated in that relationship a lot yeah. of times um, to uh, to be able to relax enough to enjoy it. But I think still today, like I'm when I'm by myself, I have yeah maybe it's PTSD, ADHD, where like this sensation kind of triggers me. But I also like my mind is so busy. Yeah. But I think that I, as I shared on this podcast before, like it is kind of a big goal of mine in the next couple of years to really work on because I feel like how do you how do you feel about that though like is is a goal around masturbation and self-pleasure for you motivated by a genuine curiosity to know your body more or is it because you feel like it's I have into, to yeah it's you have to it's into neither brand right like this no, is I, I want we have to. a lot of pre, I think pressure as women to to like be know our sexual you know preferences or yeah. like know our bodies because it's like it's there well, but I think I I started getting I, I think it's a really big curiosity because I mean before my current boyfriend and sexual partner who is a man a cis male um before who has him a penis. yeah who has a penis <laughs> I was mostly ha- being intimate with other women and that to me I think sparked a really big one curiosity but two feeling of empowerment of knowing my body because it was kind of the first sexual experiences where I felt like I was the more dominant one physically. Like I was yeah. the stronger one sometimes. I was like physically stronger. I was the bigger one. And in many cases, I was like the very much the one who was advancing the situation and had to ask for consent, which I think was really empowering for me. But it was also kind of like having the same anatomy was like I had to be really it was it was hard, really scary at first of like, how do I pleasure someone else with the yeah. same genitalia that I do when I don't even know how it works on my own body? And I think it sparked a big curiosity for me in terms of wanting to know my body. I think also, like, you know me, I'm newly medicated and Very I'm newly. I'm newly chill, more yeah. chill. I'll yeah. say not totally chill. No, but I like, could not tolerate her, guys. Yeah, and like, I want to be, I want to be able to relax. And I think that, the yeah, inability I mean, it's a med- I think yeah. masturbation is 100,000% a meditative practice I also think and I have that block it's yeah. like a block that I think I it's, work it's very fascinating to me that you are breaking up your sexual experiences also into a binary of like men and women when um your sexual experiences with every individual and with yeah. yourself and maybe even like every time you lay down sit down get on your knees anything you know to pleasure yourself or a partner um is going to be different yeah. and it's going to be new, right? So I feel like it's almost unfair for you to compare those two experiences. No, I'm not comparing it. I'm, I'm not comparing it. I'm more like I don't, for me, like deal, like handling a, like an anatomy, a clitoris yeah. is different, a different experience because absolutely. I have a clitoris. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So it's like if I'm dealing with something else, Which then it's does not performative. To be fair, if you have a clitoris, that does not mean you will know how to please a clitoris well yeah I don't know that like <laughs> yeah, and again it was a steep <laughs> learning curve but yeah. I think that um but yeah I mean I think that it's it's been something that I've really been trying to work on I also think that um and I kind of mentioned this to you before I recently read My Body by Emily Ratajkowski and interesting it didn't say anything yeah. that was crazily new to me but it yeah. did reignite this thought conversation in my head around like what does it mean to be sexy and who are you sexy for? What does it mean to be sexy? Well, and this is one thing, which is like, I actually was really in awe of how honest she was in the book. She talks about her experience, you know, 
being the naked girl in blurred lines, always being this really hot, sexy girl and feeling Which like I'm pretty her, sure she was like 21 yeah, during that shoot. Yeah. She was. And to her, she was like, she defended it and said, no, I felt very feminist. Like it was empowering, you know? And then she points out like, but it was empowering, but I was still being objectified and given that power or yeah. status by these creepy men who were actually sexually harassing me behind the scenes, you yeah. know? And I think that's really important to recognize, which is, I've, I started thinking, well, I learned to be sexual and be sexualized and to feel sexy in service of my dad, of all people, but then yeah. of other men. and Which I was in competition with you for. Exactly, which is so toxic in its own way. Yeah. And I think for me, my hope to reclaim that is to be like, well, the opposite of that is to, is to be sexual and sexualized for myself and on my own terms. And I feel like I have this mental barrier because it's it honestly genuinely, like I get ner I get nervous talking about it because I feel scared of it. Like I feel like my, I literally being feel- Being sexy? No, I'm fine being sexy on, but usually in a performative way. But I have this weird fear of climaxing on mm. my own. Like I get this fear. The only way to describe it is like a violent slow motion of a grape being squashed. Interesting. That's kind of what I start so fearing. how erotic. Like, I feel like <laughs> I'm going to explode in not a set pleasurable way, in, like, a scary way. Is that, like, when you're reaching climax? Or when I like maybe would, like, I stop myself. Like, I get yeah. scared. Like, genuinely scared. And I think hmm. it's kind of that violent image where, like, I feel like this is just, it's not allowed. It's it's something dangerous. But this is only when you're by yourself? Yeah, only when I'm by myself. Or it feels like it's, it. this is not for me. It's for someone else. I don't I don't want to diagnose you but I I feel like being <laughs> I feel like being your sister and knowing you for all 22 years of my life now um I just like want to be like is it because you feel like you're wasting your time sometimes yeah because <laughs> well but I think it, it feels like a waste of time because I don't climax I'm like well I'm just going to be sitting here there's yeah. not going to be any climax so I might as well stop you know, sometimes I get tired in the middle of it and I have to just stop. You know? <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yeah. Um, I don't it's know. I not, think yeah. It's I mean, again, I think let's let's restructure the way we think about self-pleasure as a form of meditative practice. This is like I think we all can learn something from, you know, <laughs> people are gonna be like, what the fuck, man? You know, like the kids who like touch themselves because they don't know what's going on, or like the dog humping your leg because it doesn't know. It's like a natural there's thing. There's not right? expectation. No, it's like, right? It's like it feels good. And no, I don't think we should do it everywhere. I'm not an exhibitionist, to be clear. I mean, but, you can't, yeah. But I think, nothing with shame in that, but I think that it's in incredibly important for us to recognize the power our body holds to bring ourselves enormous pleasure, right? When you orgasm, your whole body tenses up and there's a big release, right? Like when everyone says like, what does a female orgasm feel like? It's a big release of like tension. That's how I feel after a yoga class. This is why people cry during sex, right? It's like, there's so much just shit that's like coming out of our bodies, like emotionally and sometimes literally, right? And so... <laughs> Yeah, And so um, I think it's a meditative practice and it doesn't, you know, every sexual experience we have doesn't necessarily need to be positive. I, I hope, you know, the hope is that our sexual experiences, maybe from now on, are consensual and positive. And again, sexuality is a learning experience. You know, our sexual preferences are a learning experience, a spectrum, an adventure. And so I think that I mean, I'm again not lecturing, but 
you know, you have permission to, you know, touch yourself. You have permission to orgasm. Everyone has permission to explore and waste time, quote unquote, you know, yeah. touching themselves. And I think recognizing like it's not a waste of time to no. get to know your body. Sex, um, sex is such you, a huge part of our lives. Are you usually using toys? Not always. I have some extra sex toys that were sent to me that I, I have I love for you. sex toys. Please I have some. sponsor me. <laughs> please. Um, Genuinely, please sponsor me. I <laughs> I have some connects for you because, of course, I feel like sometimes sexual wellness companies are kind of like creepy men where yeah. I'm open about like, oh, I can't make myself orgasm. And they're yeah. like, we can. We can make you. Yeah. Let me let me let me just explain real quick. Just to sponsor me. Um, No, the fallout of like a lot of our trauma around sex, especially with our, you know, paternal father was we all had very different reactions to, you know, we didn't really talk about it, but I think in retrospect, we had very extreme, me and you, especially extreme reactions to the way we dealt with our sexual trauma. And for me, that was developing an eating disorder to protect my body. I gained control. Yeah. I gained a lot of weight in an attempt to gain control. And I tried to lose that weight, lose that weight and, and whatnot. And when I finally took the steps to, you know, go into a treatment program, which I went out of school for a semester, right? Um, after that, I was like, you know what? Like, I I don't feel confident. I hate my body, but like, let's try to take it back. You know, mm-hmm. let's try to take my sexuality back. And I went and I joined Youthline, um, which was the teen to teen crisis line, which I'm still a part of and which I, you know, that's my family. They taught me how to communicate and support other people through, you know, different traumas. Um, and then I joined Planned Parenthood on their teen council. And I learned how, you know, I skipped so much school, so, so much school. I'm sorry to my high school teachers to go teach sex ed in local high school and middle schools. Um, and so much of that experience for me was about learning how to properly have sex properly, right? How to properly gain consent. What do you mean properly? I think that's a wrong word to use. Um, respectfully, I don't know, in a way that's respectful to, you know, yourself and the, your partner, partners, um, you know, gain consent and have, attempt to have a positive experience for everyone involved, which I didn't know how to do. I didn't respect my body enough, right? I, I didn't respect my body at all um, to even, this is the, the, you can't love someone until you love yourself, Right. Um, that's a lot of healing that and responsibility that, you know, 15, 16 year old Amaya had to like go fix the inner workings that got messed up by somebody um, to move forward with positive sexual experiences. Right. So I can like sit here and be like about sex and masturbation, all these things. And the truth is, is there's like a lot of work that yeah. was put in to get to a point where I can be like, yeah, give me a sex toy so I can like yeah. <laughs> talk well, about masturbation online. And for you, that was like period and, yeah. and whatnot. Well, and I think that for me, like my coping mechanism or not coping, the way I dealt with it was more on like the punishment side. Like I think that for me, I was like, what the abuse that I'm enduring is my fault. And it's, you know, I remember dad saying like, oh, you're just so beautiful. Yeah. Like, this is it's because you're so beautiful or like, I just love you so much. Yeah. So I felt like I brought it upon myself in many ways. And it felt like very gaslighting to feel like, oh, this is my fault. If I don't like it, it's my fault. It's because yeah. of the way I am, the way my body is. So I think the way I kind of came out of that trauma was like punishing my body, whether mm-hmm. that be withholding pleasure, right? Working out yeah. until I was so exhausted, not sleeping, cutting myself 
And I think that now, like, it's hard with um, with self-pleasure because that's the opposite of what I've conditioned myself yeah. to do. And again, I think that that's why, yeah, there is a part of me, I'll be honest, that's like, why isn't, why isn't this working? Like, I feel yeah. like I should know how to do this. But yeah. it's mostly like, I feel like it's this mental block that I really genuinely want to work through. I think that you, I'm, I mean, I was just like, while you're talking, I was like, oh, like thinking about how something I had to talk to you know, and again, like we both wanted to rehab. <laughs> Issa yeah. joke, she's the only girl, <laughs> she's the only sister in the yeah. rehab, but it's like um, something I talked a lot about with my individual therapist at that time was like getting over this feeling of surveillance around my body, especially sexually, right? Surveillance but, um, by you? No, right? Like oh, other people watching is, you. I mean, I won't speak too much on it. I don't talk about our dad publicly that much, but you know, it's, it's the little things like learning to lock your door when you change or yeah. learning to lock your door in the shower. Um, right. Really like scary things that we experienced for years around trying to not be watched. And this is going to go to a very dark turn, but when you are a hypersexual kid, like myself at such a young age, you know, what do you do when, you know, this is like, I'm saying the dark humor. Okay guys. But what, well, you know, what do you do when you're like seven, eight, nine years old and you're like, I need to masturbate three times a day so that I live a long time because Snapchat told me to, <laughs> but you, but you are living in an, uh, you know, one bedroom apartment with your father who you're a little bit scared of, right? Like, what do you do? You go to the bathroom, you lock your door and you yeah. go jack off. It's like, I have, you know, the humor is also mirrored with like a lot of really dark themes there which I like to joke about because it's one of my mechanisms. Yeah, sometimes but, you have to laugh about it. Yeah, but I'll relate it to kind of your experience of like fear around masturbation is like, I don't know, I'm trying to share, right? Like that was something I had to work through is like when I'm alone, pleasuring myself, you know, there's a, you're kind of looking around like, am I truly alone, right? Like we never are truly alone also like these days because of our phones and whatnot. Yeah. And um, so I think that it's natural to have like a fear around sex and sexuality in general just because of what we've been through. But and you think we shouldn't be scared of it? Um no, I th I think I think that I am actively trying to avoid the word should or shouldn't, especially yeah. around sex. Um you no should being. feel comfortable or you may feel comfortable <laughs> exploring. We hope. We hope. The hope the hope is yeah. that we have fun exploring experiences, right? Um, but the reality is, is that, you know, that's not the case for a lot of people. Um, and it's okay if you never orgasm. It is okay if you never orgasm. There are a lot. That's of, what I tell there, myself. <laughs> there are a lot of people. There are a lot of people, uh, workshops, books, toys. Talk to Amaya. Who, <laughs> who are open to helping you work through, you know, a lot of this trauma. I will say like, I have multiple friends who, you know, have a lot of sex trauma, a lot of sex trauma. A lot of it comes from like growing up in families where like they were constantly surveilled by their parents, even more so than we were and yeah. in different ways than we were surveilled. And it, it is terrifying to have sex and to explore when you feel like someone is watching you. Or when you feel like you have been watched because then you're laying on your back thinking about things that you yeah. shouldn't, right? Um, so it's, it, it's hard. But there there are so many people who want to help you work through that because sex is so important, in my opinion. Yourself. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful place to leave it off. And um, thank you so much for talking about masturbation. I still think it's so funny. <laughs> I'm not making fun of you. I just think it's kind of funny that, like, 
failure sex tweets is what where you started failure sex tweets with fml yeah like literally like like not successful sexual no. stories like fuck my in, life yeah, fml stories yeah um i just love that i think that's so funny um in like a loving way uh so <laughs> tumblr why did you do that to all of us <laughs> i i hope for all of you listening that this conversation was helpful again like i think I only recently started talking about these things um, because I feel like I still carry a lot of embarrassment about it. Like I still feel a lot of, why isn't my body working this way? Uh, Is there something that I'm doing wrong? Um, You know, I also think that to your point, we in many ways are conditioned to think that this is like an inappropriate thing to talk about or an inappropriate thing to be interested in. Um, And just like everything else in life, there is no set timeline. There are no rules. There are no restrictions. There's no right way to have sex. There are some wrong ways to have sex. Be but there's no Yeah, but there is no right way and right timeline. Um, yeah. And I think, that, I think that for me, like, that's why I'm excited to share this with the world. Um, and I'm also genuinely curious if, you know, what's working for other people, if they're open to sharing. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for listening. I know we talked a lot about heavy topics today, too, with yeah. sexual trauma and abuse. So... Um, I hope that you also take some time for yourself just to recoup from that. And so big, big, big thank you and hugs for me for listening. And huge thank you to our DCP team for being so open to us having conversations like this, Um, especially Nick, our sound engineer. Um, And yeah, I will see you all next week. Bye, y'all. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.